for the Monkey Podcast. As you can see, like, so we were gonna like do a you know fair form of intro. Hey, second episode, blah blah blah. I hope you check out the first joint. They talked about what kind of an ethno state, but we are really kind of flabbergasted um, as Tim has uh, brought forth this uh, Carl. Well, excuse me, Jimmy Kimmel in blackface is Carl Malone. I did not know this existed. It's been a big weekend for makeup. Um, on Thursday, there was an incredible episode of Atlanta where <laughs> where Donald Glover played a Michael Jackson-like character who is apparently an African-American man who has really lightened his skin somehow over the years. And then during a feud between Jimmy Kimmel and Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity of all people called out Jimmy Kimmel as racist because of a skit from about 15 years ago, possibly a little more, where he used to dress up as Carl Malone in full blackface, like full body makeup, and also do like a voice uh, to impersonate Carl Malone and talk about him, you know, freaking out over seeing aliens and things like that. Just like a pretty, I think by today's standards, we would just say simply racist. Yeah, <laughs> or low-key racist, but it's not even <laughs> That's that's completely jacked up, and I like Jimmy Kimmel, you know. Hey man, um, Jimmy Kimmel, look, I I but, but, feel like Jimmy Kimmel is a complicated figure. I like some things about him. I dislike some things about him. But I mean, the face does still the, has Guillermo doing the character the way he has it. Him doing it is kind of, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not crazy. What, what about character him. are you talking about? No, so you know, on on his uh his tonight, well his tonight show, well, excuse me, his late night show, um. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, essentially Guillermo acts as this um, Mexican man who is like a goofball who is almost would. Man, I don't want to. So it's 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 tinged with racism and kind of stereotypical stereotypical um, Mexican stereotypes and stuff. Yeah, I think he plays he plays Guillermo kind of for comic relief, and it's like, is it funny because that's unique to Guillermo's personality, or is he playing on Mexican stereotypes? I mean, at this point, like, can this man at least, like, not be in this tight-ass suit? Can you can you have, like, upgrade him a little bit? Y'all been on the show long enough to get Guillermo a, a decent suit every now and then, make him look a little more, <laughs> you know, like, with the shit? Like, come on. So, is Guillermo an actual Hispanic guy, or is he yeah, somebody? Yeah, yeah, like, he, he's a, a Mexican gentleman, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but... I mean, and, and look, yeah. I, 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 you know, I think he, he's, it's kind of like how um, uh, Letterman would have his, uh, oh my God, what's the guy's name with the glasses? Although he was in the band, so it was a little bit different. Yeah, Paul, Paul Schaefer. Thank you, God, that was going to drive me crazy. Yeah, so he's kind of like that guy, or how uh, right now Fallon has, oh my God, I'm terrible. Um, he's he does Fallon have? I haven't watched, I haven't watched Fallon in a long time. Is it because, you know, he, of the... Okay, I don't know if you're one of the people who feel like when the Trump stuff happened, he playing with the hair, that you're like, ah, that's not great. I just got kind of bored with it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm more of a Colbert guy. Um, I still like Conan, too. Does Conan do political stuff at all? Not really. Conan, you know where Conan's coming from, but he just makes me laugh. He's just, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's just goofy. I yeah, love Conan. I haven't watched late night shows recently. Uh, too much just because, um, and I, I mean, for example, I even love Seth Meyers stuff. Uh, I didn't mean to say, oh, he's great. like he, he's, you know, a lesser, but I mean, I really, <laughs> I, I, I really do enjoy his stuff. Um, and for a while there, I really was, um, tuned into every other closer look, but man, it's, it's just, 
it's draining. And it's not because he's draining. I enjoy him. Uh, but I can do it about once a week, like with a last week tonight. And I think that's just format wise lucky, you know, for, for, uh, for, jo- for joke construction, like Seth is the funniest of all. Yeah, but like, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Like once he gets into the Trump stuff and he gets into like Tillerson, like different cabinet members, I'm just like, I can't do this. Like this is stressing me out. Yeah, man. I, 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 I'm so far past being able to, to take this day to day administration stuff the thing is everybody's so incompetent that i just wish people cared about the incompetence like you know it's one right. thing to be like you know i feel like this issue or that issue with guns race blah 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 whatever but it's like they're all incompetent though dude i'm willing to completely i'm willing to completely set issues aside and not even have that discussion i just i saw a bumper sticker that was like any reasonable adult 2020 and that's how i feel <laughs> like We're not going to like, get that. That's fine. Just someone who's not going to melt down and make us look bad. So Kanye's but, probably going to run for president in 2020. Sure. I mean, it can't get it can't get worse. I mean, <laughs> is Kanye more emotional than Trump? I don't know. Speaking of reasonable adults, did y'all hear anything about that school superintendent? Which um, one? Where, where uh-huh. they suggested that. Um, you know, in case there's a, a shooting at the school, what they were going to do is have, like, a bucket of rocks in every classroom. Oh, sure. Like a bucket of stones in case a shooter come through and then the students could just throw yeah, stones so, at so, so when the lottery happens, we'll be ready. Like, what type of... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many literature people understand whatever. All right. yeah. um, we're, like, five minutes in and a Shirley Jackson reference. Not yeah, bad. Like, yeah. really? <laughs> wow. So speaking of reasonable adults, I, I just feel like this would be fun to bring up because it's so dumb. And I'm bringing it up mostly because I just want this to be the reminder to smart people out there to admit when you're wrong. Like, don't don't be that dude holding on to shit. So Killer Mike yeah. put out some tweet against Joy Reid, and he said, oh, so she can go out there and support and get endorsements and do stuff with H&M, but I can't do an interview with NRA TV. And it's like, hey... Um, it wasn't the H and M apparel company that did a racist um, ad with a, a black kid as a monkey. This was H and M hair and makeup with other black women business entrepreneurs. But go ahead and, and keep being upset because she had vehement disagreements with you about being used as a tool by the NRA. This dude seriously. I mean, like, he gave the ghost eventually, but he still has his supporters saying, oh, well, if if she hadn't said this and that about gun control, he wouldn't have said that. And honestly, this wasn't about gun control. He could have read the caption, and he would have left it alone. So just, you know, to the small people out there, when you're wrong, just say you're wrong. It's not a big deal, man. By the way, I thought we went to, like, crazy places in this episode already, and then Keith held up, like, a stuffed duck and is moving it in front of the screen. I don't know it's, what that it's is. It's actually not a stuffed just, duck. It's Charmander it. with a hoodie. Who's that? Charmander. Charmander. Okay. <laughs> my my little sister got me a builder bird for my birthday, and it was a Charmander with a hoodie. Happy birthday! That's yeah. incredible. Oh yeah, your birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday! Yeah, he say Charmander shit. You know. It was a Charmander. Char- char- whatever. I don't know if you how he talked. You heard her? <laughs> he does not talk like that. That's how he talks. Yeah. 
No, it's not. That's how the toy talks. Have you watched Pokemon in the last two decades? Yeah, and I still remember that episode when Charmander Fire almost went off on his tail. But um, <laughs> but anyway, I think we're gonna get too far off um, from the Atlanta hey, Griffin, conversation. Before we do that, yeah, welcome well, well, back. Yeah, let's let's get back to <laughs> that. But I do want to say to whoever um is watching, watching, Lord, listening to this podcast, if you are somehow involved with making Pokemon movies. Please never have Pikachu talk in English again. Shit was weird, man. Shit was real weird. What I said in he English. Speak? He really oh, speaks Japanese, Japanese or something? He shouldn't be speaking human words, man. It was that, weird. Yeah, you were. Yeah. All right, I'm yeah, done. Just, but anyway, um, so I think one of the things that we were talking about before we went on our, off on our little tangent was um, we were talking about Jimmy Kimmel and blackface, right? So, um, yeah. Tim, what were you saying about that that whole skit, though? You said that it was he was making fun of Carl Malone, and yeah, it's kind of the same thing with with a lot of Jimmy Kimmel jokes, where you wonder, like, is he making fun of Guillermo for being Mexican, or is he making fun of Guillermo, or is he playing on ster- okay, is he playing on Mexican stereotypes to make fun of Guillermo, or is he making fun of Guillermo as an individual? And so, is he making fun of Carl Malone as a person who says ridiculous things, or is he playing on African American stereotypes to make fun of Carl Malone? And mm, so mm-hmm. the fact that he's – it's very distracting that he's like talking in this voice that honestly doesn't sound like Carl Malone and also that he's like in full-body blackface. May Black, I interrupt for just a second? I don't, second. Even, I don't even know so, what to call that. So is the, is the voice he using, is it like trying to make him sound ignorant or slow or something like that? Is oh, that let, let me do the voice. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he's definitely – <laughs> no, he's definitely trying to make him sound ignorant and slow, and he's like saying, he's he's just it's like a really he just sounds really ignorant. Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make he's cr- trying to make Carl Malone seem like really ignorant and just like clued out. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So oh 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 oh. So here's the thing: if you go, it is kind of weird though because. Carl Malone is like the last person you'd imitate if you're trying to make fun of black people and black stereotypes. Carl Malone be walking around with cowboy boots all the time and talk about how much he <laughs> his guns. But not like just, I love my guns, but like love my guns like in the, you know, I'm in, I'm in Utah kind of way. Uh, on top of that, again, there's the alien stuff. Even if black people came across aliens, they'd probably be pretty hush about that. Um, also, stuff. I don't know too many dudes... Not that it never happens, but if you were going to make a good Carl Malone uh, skit, you got to talk about the fact he was hitting on Kobe Bryant's wife. Wow. Yeah, that's a yeah. So dig into that. Google it. I'm, I'm we're not going to jump into that because we will talk about it the rest of the episode. It is fascinating and really funny. Wow. Uh, that season that he was with the Lakers, him and Gary Payton, that was a really weird season, and that's how they lost to the Detroit Pistons. Anyway, so. Wow. Um, the other exciting moment for makeup this week, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so someone who is almost definitely Donald Glover plays a Michael Jackson type figure. <laughs> plays a Michael Jackson type figure who happens to have. Well, okay. I did a list for the rap of things that are similar to Michael Jackson. There's a lot. Oh, I haven't read um, it. Okay. There's a lot. I mean, I covered the Michael Jackson trial. I, I, I know Michael Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. I spoke to Michael Jackson once. I, I've been to Michael Jackson's house. Mm-hmm. I kind of got to like sneak in when he let his fans in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I I'm so excited. know a lot of Michael Jackson. I know a lot of Michael Jackson trivia, and he, like Donald Glover and his writing crew, his brother and everybody else who works in Atlanta also know their Michael Jackson trivia because mm-hmm. they went pretty deep. They got they got into detail. Um, so I would just recommend people read this article. That's something like um, nine Teddy Perkins Michael Jackson parallels that aren't obvious, which we'll have in the uh, description of this episode. Which is which is lays out what some of them are. One of them is that Teddy Perkins' brother is named Ben. Someone discovered this on Twitter. Uh, Michael Jackson's first hit song was Ben. Mm. Um, Teddy Perkins uh, has a, a weird sort of chin cleft, similar to the one that Michael Jackson got later in life. Because for all the like all the physical changes that Michael Jackson underwent, we almost kind of ignored the chin cleft. But if not for the other stuff, people would have been like, "What was going on with the chin cleft? That was ridiculous." <laughs> Yeah, and I yeah. love Michael Jackson. Like I, like I came out of that trial rec- recognizing Michael Jackson as a more human figure than we realized. Yeah. I think we all thought he was very a very strange, unusual person, and he it really brought him down to earth for better. This or is worse. the second one, right? Just the I'm just double checking. Uh, this was the one where he was accused of molesting two kids and was found completely innocent. Was that, I mean, wasn't that true in both of them, though? Well, there weren't two in the first time, I think. The first one was a kid who he settled with for an incredible amount of money, and it was it was one of those settlements that was so big that people said there has to be something there. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't know that – I did not come away from that trial personally convinced that Michael Jackson had ever molested any kids. Okay. Um, which I know is not a – not a popular viewpoint with everyone, but I didn't feel that if I had been on the jury, I definitely would not have convicted him. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Teddy, Teddy Perkins, uh, oh, that yeah, is sorry. not what that is not one of his characteristics. Uh, fortunately, they didn't even go into that. Teddy Perkins is weird in a whole bunch of other ways. Um, and that's a character where I feel like his happen. The fact that he's lightened his skin is like the 50th weirdest thing about him. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessary to the character even it's just another sort of shocking thing i think that's the difference between maybe that character and the carl malone imitation where his ethnicity seems to be essential to that impersonation mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. also yeah so he <laughs> donald glover playing as teddy perkins is completely alarming um, with, with, like you said, it's the skin and also the blue contacts he has in, and then how he plays the character, because he does play like if Michael Jackson became a, a sociopath type of thing. Yeah, yeah, is is from man, his trauma. There's a lot as a I was child. trying to figure out about what this episode is supposed to mean. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure I have a, a clear fix on it yet. Um, and one of the areas where I got a little lost is when he finally says to Darius, you know, I've chosen you as my sacrifice. I had yeah, no I clue what that meant. I was trying to figure it out, but I, I just haven't um, really found an answer that I was satisfied with yet. Did, did you guys like have a, a hypothesis on that? Yeah, that's something that I was still trying to figure out, too. Um I also, for a second, couldn't understand why Darius would still stay in that house after he saw how creepy he was. Because once I saw that ostrich egg, I'm like, I'm out of here, yo. That, <laughs> that was I mean, gross. Like he, he even spoke about uh, 
you know, having two regrets in life. I mean, he was there for the piano in the, the day. And we knew yeah, that. he was there for the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it so, was so creepy though. And, yeah. Um, and for you guys I, out here that haven't watched that episode, please watch it even before you listen oh, to this because it's definitely like you, worth watching because it's one of the most the, interesting the Atlanta shows I've seen thus far. Um, yeah. Because it, it's completely different. It, it plays like a horror movie. It has like that feel like Get Out or something, but with Michael Jackson. <laughs> um, or Michael yeah, Jackson-ish uh, character. A, a lot of people said right after it aired, this is better than Get Out. And I thought that was just a ridiculous criticism. Yeah, that's very ridiculous. I, I hesitate no. to call it anything like Get Out, though. It's it's so different. Yeah, it's, it's different, so but different I'm saying just from a <laughs> that um, black man first, thrown in a horror movie type of situation thing is what makes it exactly. That's it. I mean, but also he, like there's some first, similarities. You got a person driving to a house that's not near an urban center. Um, you have a character who keeps going into a place probably should be leaving. Um, and they're there for a particular reason and get out. It's, you know, to satisfy, you know, his girlfriend's desire to be around the, the parents and meet the family. Um, in this case, Darius wants the piano. Uh, but I don't see many similarities beyond that because the people who live in a house are so different. Like it's, yeah, it's it, it, the one thing that actually gets no explanation at all. That I thought was fascinating is you know, they show us like this security footage or like, or like several cameras being set up and you see Darius in one room and then there's like all these other cameras, but we don't, it's like, is somebody watching them? It's unclear. Cause I don't right. think Eddie um, is going to a place to watch the cameras. It maybe is. It's, it's, we don't see anybody else other than he and Benny. And he said Benny was in the upstairs, but maybe he was in the, basement but one yeah, thing that the, the show description says simply is just Darius trips that's how the episode is described as if yeah. none of that's even happening yeah all of their episode descriptions don't ever go fit with whatever the episode is about it's usually they do that a lot it's very farcical it um, they're also case. written <laughs> they're written in like first person and you don't know who's saying it yeah you don't also <laughs> like to, to kind of go back on what we were kind of initially comparing the blackface situation with um Jimmy Kimmel and um Donald Glover and Whiteface, I do think it's two completely different things because it's for one, yeah. Donald Glover isn't really playing a, a white man, but he's more so playing a black man with a white face. Like Michael But Jackson. Atlanta keeps doing it. Yes. Like so it's different than, you know, playing on a particular stereotype or something like that. Now, certain things I was kind of questioning, too, like the sacrifice thing was one thing that I didn't completely get that might have been over my head. Also, there was a point where I didn't feel like Teddy and Benny were actually brothers. And I think there was that little red herring that um, Darius kind of throws out when he's, he was telling um, Paperboy that he felt like Teddy and Benny were one and the same. Right? Right. That was good. But at the same time, you... F- you find out, because you know, even when he saw him in a wheelchair and he was the guy, um, Benny was riding on the thing saying that Teddy's going to kill us and the gun's upstairs. <laughs> he thought that that was Teddy, right? When he saw him I in the wheelchair, so, yeah. he thought Probably, that that was Teddy but messing then How would he know to go where, where the gun was? Darius was trying to leave, I, remember? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is Teddy just happens to have a gun. And like so, you remember how like no, the thing Darius thought that like it's right next to the attic. 
Darius thought that now, Benny was Teddy. No, okay, but okay. So remember when Benny tells him where the gun is, right? Mm-hmm. Then he's like, okay, and then Darius goes upstairs and he's like, after he gets blocked, then he goes to to uh, Teddy and he goes, all right, so uh, I need to go to the bathroom. He says, oh, it's blah 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 blah, right next to the attic, and then he pulls out the gun. Oh, so why does he have to go to the bathroom? Because he never gets the water. Uh, well, no, well, I think I think he was just looking for a reason to walk out. No, I'm kidding. It's oh, that that's just where they're like messing with him on such a deep level, like where Teddy or Benny or whoever it is is definitely just trying to scare the hell out of him. But I mean, did, did y'all not find that kind of peculiar that he happened to mention the attic and then he just happened to have a gun? Like it was almost like Benny would have. He had a bug on him or something. Like I don't know. He did have cameras throughout the house, though. Yep. I mean, it makes logical true. sense. Yeah. But I think, I think with another thing, like at one point in time, I was wondering were they actually brothers? Because for a moment, I was thinking that Benny was actually the father and Teddy was actually Benny. Oh. Uh, or is that reaching? That would require a kind of psychosis that'd be. Like that's some that's some real psycho like um Norman Bates type of stuff, but that's what it kind of reminded me of. But he too. almost had to be too old though. That's the only problem with that theory. But you don't know how old this guy is in the wheelchair though. Also, those pictures of him, like I don't remember if it's supposed to be Teddy or Benny, but the guy who we see in the old pictures, those are some dated pictures. Yeah, they, I yeah, mean, like right. those. So, so the dad would have to be. I like, mean, he's talking about stuff from the Harlem Renaissance, and yeah, he'll have to be super old. You right? You right? Yeah, be too damn old. Um. So the father thing's interesting. Well, I, I know I, I, I know your problem he, with Atlanta in general. Well, when he was mentioning all of the like kind of a wing to the fathers in history, uh, I understood <laughs> where they were going, but it was it was kind of weird because it was like, well, Joe Jackson and uh, Marvin Gaye Sr. are very different. He figures. said Joe Jackson, Marvin Gaye Sr., the daddy, uh, Emilio Estevez's daddy on the Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just like those guys are a lot more as far as we know uh, I would consider them far more abusive than Tiger Woods' father or the Williams sisters' father from what we know you know uh, I could be crazy on that but yeah but um, then there's there's also that psychological abuse they might not have physically abused them like Joe Jackson but it may have been like emotionally and psychologically Marvin Gaye's father killed him well, I'm talking about the Serena season. We know Marvin Gaye dad. Yeah, I didn't. I actually just Googled that because I was like, wait, what did Marvin Gaye's father do? And it was like, oh, he, yeah, he shot him. And did you yeah, know he was a cross-dresser? That's just a little tidbit. Uh, yeah. He used, yeah Mar- they said Marvin he used Gaye- to sit at the breakfast table, the dinner table, dressed up like a woman. <laughs> He'd just be sitting there like, I wish y'all would say something. Yeah, he was so his father killed him, killed. and then Joe jo- Joe Jackson. Obviously, we we you know I think everybody knows about the sort of abuse he put on his kids. But you know, I, I don't think that's going to be comparable in any way to Tiger Woods' father or the Williams' father. And again, I, I know what they were getting at, just like as pop culture references. But it was a weird contrast. I was like, it's, uh, yeah, right, well, whatever. <laughs> I guess we doing it, but probably wouldn't just kind of throw that out there. It's weird. Uh, but it- do you think that maybe what they're trying to say? Um, well, I don't know if they. I don't know. That's that's probably uh, the, the, so. But it's something kept talking it, about sacrifice and, and and kids needing to be pushed to get this and that. And I, so, 
from a a narrative standpoint, I know what they're trying to do thematically, but I felt like it was such a weird comparison when Darius is talking. I mean, again, and it, it's a beautiful thought that, you know, not everything through art has to be, has to come from pain. Sometimes it, it comes come from love. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, all right, what's it got to do with the sacrifice? That, as in killing Darius. Hmm. That that's yeah. what, like some of it for for like a Michael Jackson comparison kind of felt weird for me. Like I didn't know where that was supposed to go. I, as far as I know, Michael Jackson didn't have those sorts of tendencies. I mean, he definitely suffered, and we know that. I mean, he, he clearly was a, a person who yeah you know, had a lot on his plate. Well, but, they did a good job of like I, I, the thing that I liked best about the Father's Hall of Fame scene is that um, it established that Michael Jackson. And Teddy live in the same world. So it's like Teddy is not Michael Jackson. Like Michael yeah. Jackson is a separate thing. And I thought that was cool. Like I thought it was good that they weren't trying to equate them directly because obviously it gives them poetic license to make Teddy absolutely crazy without any fear of offending Michael Jackson fans. Or the state. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Although, fun, fun fact, once someone dies, you can pretty much portray them however you want to. Um. So if you want to do, if you want to do a story about Michael Jackson killing people, you can. Well, that sounds like the next shoot this now. Um. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> but, my, but my understanding is you can portray people however you want. And that's why in the uh in Amer- uh what's the uh Giovanni Versace thing on FX now? Oh yeah 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 yeah. American Assassination. They're, they're making yeah, the assassination of Johnny Versace. They're making a lot of like guesses about who's gay and who's not, and like what people's motivation was for doing certain things. Oh. And they can pretty much get away with it, partly because the people are dead, and partly because they say at the end of every episode, there's a really complicated note that's like, "This is a work of fiction based on da 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 da." Um, basically, don't take this to the bank. So basically, like a more serious version of the South Park disclaimer at the start of every episode. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the American Horror Story. One, or I keep calling it American Horror Story because they're both Ryan Murphy. But I feel like the Javon, the Johnny Versace one went through like a lot of edits and a lot of a lot of legal stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Atlanta did a good job of sidestepping all that by really clearly staking out that this guy is not MJ. Um, yeah. and one of the points you made about the episode, I I really liked it. Like I really enjoyed it, and I laughed all through it, and I was scared all through it, and it did everything it was supposed to do. But one thing you pointed out about Atlanta is like they keep coming really close to death with no consequences, and yeah. a lot of things seem to happen on the show with no immediate consequences. And I think to you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like it doesn't work as well as if there were consequences. It's not all right. So I just said I'm just speaking for my personal taste. Um, I it, it it feels like there's. I won't say a false sense of tension, but like I feel like the gravity of what's occurring around these characters could be more impactful if, like, there were like consequences for some of the things that occur. There's so many examples of like extreme violence around these characters, and you know, like, if I if it's just a general law enforcement officer would be like, how the hell are y'all constantly around all this death? You know, yeah. and how is it that 
like you 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 mean tell me you came to a, a famous person's house to pick up a piano and yeah. not only did he kill himself but he killed his brother and and you were shackled this whole time uh-huh yeah that dude i i you and your associates like paper boy and you know you know there's always gonna be an asshole who doesn't like the fame it's like one of the things to talk about is like the price of fame or like the the um consequences of being famous and yeah like eventually if you ran that much death there will be consequences like even if you ain't got nothing to do with it, you're totally innocent of shit somebody's gonna try to bring you down on something even if they can't like you're gonna have that specter it's gonna be like at least a J. Jonah Jameson in ATLPD somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it, it just, there are ways you could toy with that and make it like really interesting and fun. Um, and I just feel like there's something being missed, not just with that, but other aspects of the show where like occasionally things will occur. And because it doesn't serve the purpose of where the show wants to go, they just scrap the logic of like where certain rules would apply. I mean, even Mark Twain at this point would be like, all right, look, you got to go to the police station there. Yes, damn. <laughs> you, know? you know, maybe you giving it too much credit for being something more than what it really is, though. Because I kind of look at it the same way as if I was watching the Boondocks or the Simpsons or something like that. I don't think it's... But the show itself is not episodic and doesn't try to claim to be. You know what I mean? It has arcs, but you're... That's why I'm I saying. don't know. It, so, like, each episode, it does kind of stand off on its own. And I no, think no, they no, make I, it. I, I wouldn't agree with that. Like, there, yeah. this one does. There are episodes that do. Like, there's an episode last season where they did, like... Not that it, it, it ties but you, back in. But you get the same thing out of Boondocks, though. Like, like the stuff that happened with Stink Mina, for example. There's a lot of episodes in Boondocks that's that way. They kind of follow up from previous episodes, but for the most part, it's more episodic than anything. But this show is about how Earn becomes a producer who helps Paperboy, blah, 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 blah. Like, that, that, the arcs of the seasons are about that whole arc and where these characters go and what they become. And uh, Boondocks is not really interested in doing that season to season. It's, it's, it is different. And I, I'm not saying that they never have things that uh go episode to episode as far as like development but um I, I don't think the show intends to not have consequence. Like it does, but it doesn't when it chooses to do so. And for me that can like in Breaking Bad for example, That's what I'm saying. White, that show well, is not breaking bad. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is Heisenberg, for example, would find ridiculous ways to get out of situations, but like it required him to like you know, like there was whether he planned it ahead of time or whatever. Like there was a progression that made you feel like he earned his way out. And there are several examples where in Atlanta, it's just like because we don't want these characters to die, or like we just need them to get yeah. to the next thing. There's not consequence for what happened. I think one thing about Atlanta is it is a comedy, and yeah. it's kind of a comedy in the sense of like setup. It's not really a comedy in the sense of like setup jokes and people laugh it's more a comedy in the sense of like off kilter like the way that i think every tarantino right. movie is a comedy yeah and it's a, every tarantino movie is a comedy because like wow somebody got shot and then that person made the most ridiculous facial expression afterwards like i remember laughing at a thing in hateful eight where i was the only person in the theater laughing 
and they were like, very, very you must be sick. <laughs> but it, it, it was just like that expression he made was perfect. Like that was so unexpected. And that's, that's the surprise. And I feel like a lot of what Atlanta is doing is just doing things that are totally unexpected. And that's why it's funny. Like Louis did that a lot too. Sometimes it worked mm-hmm. and sometimes it didn't. And sometimes the funny thing was that they're just not going to try to be funny for 28 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just look at That's what I'm saying. I kind of look at it as watching a comedy, like even watching an episode of The Office or something, which I think yeah. is one of the funniest shows to ever be on TV, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, not every episode is connected to a main story or whatever. But they do got certain things that happen in one thing that shows up later on in a later later episode. So, look, let me, let me just give you a few Because exa- I feel like you you think I have, like, some serious beef with this idea that, like, whether it's episodic or not episodic, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, even at the very start of the show where Paperboy shoots this dude at the end of the episode, it, in the very first one, Ern goes to jail, Paperboy does not. Uh, right. People keep talking about Paperboy having shot somebody. No consequences for it. Earn even by episode three is with Darius selling drugs. And the fact that he shot the dude and, oh, you pay boy, you cool. That's what got him out of getting messed up by the Migos, even though they just got through killing somebody for messing up the drug deal somehow. And even though they heard Earn talking about the drug deal, which normally that would get you in all kinds of shit, talking about the drug deal with somebody who ain't involved in the drug deal. Like, I'm saying, like, even within the things happening in the episode, the logic of what happens is, like, about the absurdity and not, like, the fact that, I don't know, like, there should be probably more consequences to shit happening. Like, and, and again, I, it's, it's for me, I don't feel like that makes the, the show a bad show. I like Atlanta. But for me, like, that absurdity isn't what makes it, that's not what makes it function by itself for me. Like, I mean, I really enjoy the cinematography. I enjoy kind of like the... Oh, cinematography. Excellent. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I enjoy Especially the natural the manner of speech. I enjoy the, the music. Actors. I think the actors are really great. Mm-hmm. I, I think the perspective the show has is really interesting. And the way that it, it constantly is toying with this ideal skin color somehow, whether it's with these young boys who want to be white or... Somebody's bleaching their skin, or but like I think the, the perspective it's trying to bring is super interesting. Uh, yeah. But I, for me, I would enjoy a little bit more if there if there were consequences that some of the stuff happened because I think there's something you can do there with the absurdity of not having the consequences. Yeah, like but they're just literally skipping over and saying, "Well, it don't matter." You know? I see what you're saying. Yeah, because if you, especially if you compare it to a show like Insecure, where consequences definitely matter. Mm-hmm. And they carry on from episode to episode, but I, I also think that it's a comedy, also, but it's a different type of comedy though, because it, it, it doesn't it doesn't surreal. live in the it's world of absurdity. In a different way, like you're really in Issa's imagination a lot, and uh, yeah, I can see that. No, yeah. no, no, yeah, yeah, like her, the way situations are actually warped completely to some degree by how you experience her perspective. And it's not, and they you with other people too like in the beyond the first season a lot more, and I really do feel like that show has a good sense of how to make the silly things that we do really impactful. Now it's not absurd in the same way necessarily. Like you're not gonna see like invisible cars and shit, <laughs> you yeah. know. But but it, it's 
it, it plays with that in a, in a different way, in a, in a way that's really vulnerable. And Atlanta does that too, but it does it in a way that I feel like is oftentimes trying to make the character seem like more human beings instead of just letting them make mistakes. Okay. I feel like I, can, I, can I feel like we know the rules of Insecure and we know the rules of Breaking Bad, and we don't really know the rules of Atlanta yet. Yeah, that, I think that's what it comes down to, because it, it, it's so absurd to the point that it's like you don't know in what world it's taking place in. But I'm, I'm cool. With I, that. I think the rules of Atlanta are not to have rules. Exactly. Just like any, yeah. just like any, any piece of literature that's made out of that absurd type of. Um, no, concept. but they all they still. I, I think we gotta get more credit to absurd stuff like even some like which i don't like this book but catch 22 sets up rules it follows them pretty straight it's not really my cup of tea but like you can get a rhythm like you, you learn how to read the book you know what i mean and with atlanta like we we, we kind of just along for the ride and i think a lot of that's really great but it like what i'm saying the, the, we should not um always have to have an answer for everything to happen. So the idea that we don't understand what the sacrifice is in this episode, why is Darius a sacrifice? What does that mean? Does it have some connection to hip-hop and the fact that Teddy feels like it's this adolescent form of uh, music that has not grown? Whatever the hell it is, like, I yeah. don't know. But That was an interesting like, conversation, too. Yeah, like, I don't I don't feel like we have to have an answer to everything. And, and it, yeah. that's not what I'm, I'm advocating for. What I am saying, though, is you know, we don't, we don't, consequence is not something to run from. Consequence is opportunity. And I feel like there's something, it, it, as good as the show is, there's something that it's not, it, I feel like it's, it's not fully taken advantage of in its current form. I, I feel like maybe after Superman won, the Superman movie. This sounds like a big jump, but after Superman one, we know that he can turn. It sounds we know that he can turn the world backwards. Spoiler alert, and mm-hmm. turn back time if he really right. needs to. And it sort of takes the stakes out of everything Superman's done ever since. Mm, and yeah, if we know that you can kill somebody, um, in the first episode of the show, and there's no apparent consequences, it sort of lowers the dramatic stakes a little bit. Thank because you. that's that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. I mean, it's also funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's like it it's it makes it harder on themselves from a story selling standpoint, kind of, because they have to find other ways to make us invest be invested in care. I think people are invested in what it's discussing culturally. But for yeah. me, I know what a lot of these things are. I'm invested in like the way they frame it and and I think they have an interesting perspective, but they're not really saying anything to me that's like totally new. Like these things have been explored in different ways over time in all kinds of formats. So for me, the appeal is not just the culture stuff because a lot of it, again, the perspective is interesting, but I'm not learning anything from it. I think for a lot of people, particularly in mainstream like critics, like you're seeing a lot of people like, Oh, I didn't consider this. I think it is blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that's great. But like, I don't know. Like this is like the Michael Vick episode is interesting. But it's interesting in that, for some reason, people have not thought to use guest stars this way, which is weird. Like, why wouldn't you have like a Shaq being Walking Dead, and, like Shaq's been hawking, like hacking zombies this whole time as <laughs> Shaq? You know what I mean? Like, why the hell wouldn't yeah. you do that? But like, that's something that you know, I'm glad someone's exploring and doing a good job of. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty cool show. That was a really weird example I just gave. That would be fun, though. Yeah, that would. It's be funny though because awesome. Dawn of the Dead, where there's there's certain zombies who we know are actually famous people. Like I think at one point they see a Michael Jackson zombie, and at one point they see a Madonna zombie, and it's like actually them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Walking Dead has done that too. I think Walking Dead has like have had they? some famous people. I think they've done and it as like Easter themselves? eggs. I believe so. Oh man, if they had, that'd be really great. I I haven't seen it. I feel like you're about to go somewhere, Tim, and I cut you off. No, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's kind of a thing of like who Atlanta is for, and I think it's mm-hmm. for everyone. But there's like there's some interesting cultural translation going on where Donald Glover is kind of trying to explain like a subculture of Atlanta to the entire FX audience, and FX has a lot of like pretty white, pretty blue collar shows. I mean, it's like Sons of Anarchy. Justified. It's like yeah. Um, so I think they're kind of you know, trying to explain this world, the world of like Paperboy and Earn and everything to this audience. Um, and there's a risk of, there's a risk of this audience. And I don't, I don't, it's not saying people would do this, but I think people can do this to latch onto this is like, Oh, this is the voice of all Atlanta, or this is like the voice of all African American culture, because this is like a very specific voice. This isn't like, there's not a lot of like generalities I think even about African-American life in the South or anywhere from Atlanta, because Atlanta is like a very, very much like the vision of one guy. It would be like looking at Louis CK and using him as like the voice of all white people. Cause like, you know, to other white people, Louis CK is still weird. And this was before all of the stuff that came out about Louis CK and his, you know, masturbation stuff. Um, he had a very weird vision. He had a weird vision before. Yeah. Um, so I just I, like when I'm watching Atlanta, sometimes I'm like, like Atlanta is the first time I ever heard of Migos, um, mm-hmm. which of course I think he mentioned Migos at like the Emmys or something. And I was like, Oh, I need to find out what Migos are. Oh, you never what heard of Bad and Bougie. <laughs> I never well, yeah, heard I mean, of he mentioned that song. Yeah. 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 yeah I, the first time I heard it was when Donald Glover mentioned it. And so that was like a cultural translation where I, I learned about something I didn't know about, but then there's other stuff that is like. So specific, you're kind of like, is this is this a black thing, or is this like a Donald Glover thing, or is this a just is this like that's, a I've never completely even... weird thing? Huh. Yeah, I guess. That's well, true. it's like, I mean, it's like when you don't know that many people of like a different background, you have a tendency to like think, you know, oh, my friend Juan loves Star Wars. All Latinos must love Star Wars. What is it with Latinos <laughs> and Star Wars? And it's not, it's yeah. an everybody in Star Wars. Um, he likes Robotech. Funny. That's more specific. Like, it would be stupid of me to think that. But I think there's, I think, I think Atlanta is a fun and confusing show for white people because, not speaking for all white people, but speaking for myself, I don't know how much of this is reflective of an entire culture and how much of it is reflective of one very weird specific dude. Man, that is. You, you just said some deep shit. And what I mean by that is, Keith, I don't know if you just had this experience uh, just now, but I just realized, like, yeah, like, he really can't tell the difference between what's, like, general <laughs> black population shit and, like, what's, what's Donald Glover shit. I think, like, that, that, that's, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't considered I think that. that also points that. to how, let me see how I can put this into words how 
there's just so many different experiences to being black. Well, you know? okay, but, but I but think that know. I think that we're overall usually put into like one like bucket, and then you're like, okay, so all black people this way. And, you know, this, this, that, and the third. And we even put ourselves in that same bucket also. So, um, and I just looked at it, the fact that we're just people. And we all different individuals, come from different households, different, you know, different social classes, and so on and so forth. Man, but I think what's so fascinating about what Tim said is, see, white people don't have to learn black culture, right? So... Black people do. We have to learn white culture. So, like, we, we can pretty much navigate that without it being too difficult. Like, if we see a Louis C.K., oh, well, that's Louis C.K. That's just a crazy motherfucker. Like, we wouldn't think well, that's what all white people think. Well, because there's, there's a lot of different white people on TV. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and, 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 and we have to, you know, no matter what workplace you're in, whatever, it's normally majority white. Like, you... In all kind of ways, whether it's, you know, regional dialect or food or, you know, whatever it is, like music, we going to bump across white people's stuff. That's not necessarily true, even if you happen to work with minorities, like whatever their background is. Like, like for example, I couldn't tell you a whole lot about uh, specific things about Korean culture. I work with some Korean American people, but like, I don't, you know, like. Well, and, and my wife watches a lot of Korean dramas, but they don't tell me a whole lot about Korean people. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, well, if you watch anime, they don't tell you about thing. Japanese people. Yeah, and the only reason I know, you know, a little bit about Japanese people because I've studied the culture, I've learned, you know, um, to be conversational in the language, and I've read their literature and things like that, and it's fascinating to me. But um, I couldn't, you know, I don't know that that's just it. The, the way you put this, Sam, was really. Yeah, it kind of opened my eyes or something. There's also that strange thing that I want to pull out. I don't know. It's not really strange, but I think it's something that we all, a lot of black people subconsciously think when you work in a majority white workplace is that you can't be too black. Oh, that's, man, that's always true. And I don't know if white people understand that. Have you ever heard that before, Tim? I don't know. I feel like there's such a, I mean, I live in like a really, you know, liberal place or place that tries to be a really liberal place progressive or whatever and i think people are so conscious of not being stupid about racial issues that mm-hmm. i think they would take pains to not do that okay how about when you like, worked in new york though right or in boston when i worked where in new york or boston the east coast uh, places you know boston boston i'll tell you a story i won't say where it was but i worked <laughs> at a website that was i worked at a website that was doing that was doing like a review of the best guacamole in Boston. Okay. And it's all white people. There's not a single Latino person on the staff that I can think of. And they came away with like Chipotle and Cadoba were the two best guacamoles. And it was just like, I'm sorry. I'm also, I'm also white. I'm also living in Boston, but like I'm from Los Angeles and you guys can't publish this. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Please don't. Like you just, it's it's such a self own to do it. Yeah, it would be. Man. And it's like, I Did feel they like has a good rule. We didn't publish it. Yeah, oh, we ended up yeah. not publishing it. Good, good but uh, it, it, it it's such a self own to do that. And then there's there's a BuzzFeed rule that I really like, where they say like no one should have to be 
there should there should never be so few of any type of group that they have to be the voice for that entire group. Exactly. So like you never want to go like, hey Steve, you're gay. What do gay people think about this? And then Steve's like, uh, well, there's millions of us. Um, let me <laughs> like, check. Uh, like Killer Mike being the voice for black people when he talked to the NIA. Man, look. Yeah. Hey, oh, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to go back into like. I'm not sure I want to. <laughs> I want to get back into like the 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 idea of being too black in the workplace, and I feel like certain people don't even understand that. And and it's like it's to me it's like a subconscious thing. Like there's a certain way that I'm gonna talk at work around black people that I don't really talk the same way around white people, and that's just being honest about it. It ain't about being fake or nothing. It's just certain stuff you just you got you just watch what you say, you know. Because you'll be well, in HR. So I, I work at a company that's pretty multinational. Yeah. And so you'll see people. I mean, you know, they got they, the way they comport themselves around Americans, whatever. And man, I tell you, though, you see two people from the same country, boy, they, they, everything break down. They're, oh, what's going on? I mean, now they don't do it that way. I mean, they might be Swedish. They might be Chinese. They might be, you know, yeah. uh, you know from wherever, right? They speak but, you don't know um, what they're saying. We don't know what the hell they're saying. It don't matter. I mean, that that's... Them speaking, you know, to their cohorts and, and their their country country folk, however they want, and that's cool. Like ain't nobody tripping off of but, it. But with but us, then we, they, they see us, and they, you know, they go back to to workplace. You know? But with us, we speak in English though, you know, and we got our own dialect, and there's certain stuff. And I understand certain stuff that you that you shouldn't say at the workplace. But sometimes when you get comfortable, some some black people get too comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna use an example. I don't know if you ever been in this situation, and it and it I, I almost passed out that's how anxious i was <laughs> like me and this guy we were talking you know this this at one of my jobs or whatever and he i forgot what he was saying but it's white people all around us right and we the only two two black guys right and he said nigga to me right loud like he didn't whisper nigga he said just nigga like in the normal conversation and like oh in normal tone no, yes. normal tone of voice like he was like, you know, yeah, nigga, and all that. Like we, like we outside, or we a bunch of around a bunch of us. You know what I'm saying? So this white lady, her face, you should have seen her face. Man, Man she oh, was. That's, ooh, I said, oh, we we gonna get fired. <laughs> that's the first thing, cause her she was like, <gasps> like she ain't never heard nigga before. You know, she went home and talked about it all Man, night. She she instantly told her dude. I already know she did. She was like, you wouldn't believe what they said at work today. And um, and I was, I almost wanted to punch him in his throat. Like, I almost, <laughs> no, was, no, 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 like, I literally felt my body about to jump on him because I saw his mouth about to say nigga. You know what I'm saying? Not, so, hold up, hold up. slow so, motion. Funny, funny enough about workplace stuff. So, this wasn't a black dude. This was a white guy, but... So this was around the time of uh, the 2016 campaign. So you got, I think it's like October of it. So, you know, the results weren't done. This man come over talk to me about, uh, well, and I think actually he might just come to my cubicle and we just sitting there chatting. And um, so, like, oh, you know, everybody tripping, blah, 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 Russian stuff, election, hacking, all that. And I was like, yeah, you know, but. You know, they probably, probably are, you know, is this neck going on? He said, well, and I'm talking about last month. Well, you know, Americans have been mailing in elections in Central America for years. And blah, blah. I'm like, hey, hey, dog, hey, not in my cubicle. Don't do that. I'm like one of the only black people. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't, don't. 
dude. Like, and just, even if I weren't black, like, yo, we talking about politics at work. I'm whispering, you, and I'm, he wasn't like talking normal to him. Well, he's the kind of guy, his voice just carries. And I was like, oh boy. Oh my God, dude. Just, I'm never talking about this again. What the hell? So, anyway. It was ridiculous. Ugh. But yeah, I think we should probably wrap it up though. We we've kind of we've gone longer, much longer than we meant to. But I feel like this is a really good conversation. We got a, a lot to unpack, um, and you know I think the audience will really enjoy our upgraded video, video Lord, audio quality, video down yeah. the road. <laughs> yeah, I went to Best Buy this weekend, and it's it's paid off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I say before yeah. I hear the final version <laughs> installments. It's not terrible. Yeah, we moving on up. We moving on up. One more, one more time for the angel investor, Chris Perry. Appreciate the mic, man. He's helping quite a bit. Love it. Oh uh, yeah. So, um, any closing thoughts, gentlemen? Well, yeah. Uh, I just, just want, want you viewers out there to be sure to um leave some comments, leave a review out there for us, um, so we can. Make this show better for you guys. Uh, anything, Tim? Uh, I think if you're a white person, you should not dress up as Carl Malone. You should take a different approach. We'll be Ed and Jimmy pro- Kimmel. There's probably a funnier thing you can do. <laughs> exactly. Probably. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, drive sober, take care of your kids. That's, that's all I got to, to uh, end with. Yeah, don't be a oh, douche. Oh man, I went. S- <laughs> I went serious on mine. I'm gonna add that. Don't be a douche because there's too many of them in this world. Be decent. Yeah, and and, and if if don't pull a killer mic, don't don't go full killer mic. I forgot who said that on Twitter, but that's what we can close with. Don't go full killer mic. If you make a mistake, just own it, man. Like it's yeah. not that serious. Oh, and also Kimball did own it. Let's give him credit for that. Like he did apologize for all the stuff he's been going back and forth on, and has obviously grown as a person since the man show as have I since watching the man show. So <laughs> I too was a viewer, but also was a teenager. I, but, but hey, it was good content, man. I'm not, I'm not going to let that go. It's okay. We, we have all evolved. It's great. We've yes. all evolved. This isn't cool. even my final form, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're out. Um, peace. All right, y'all take it easy. Peace.